You've seen their TV shows. You've watched their webcasts. Now, Hartigan Stapes and Broughton invite you to Poker in the Ears. Hello, my babies, and welcome to Poker in the Ears, where we are all coming down off the high. That was Monte Carlo. Just kidding. We were all sober. <laughs> like, completely. I am Uncle Daddy Joe Stapleton. He is my work wife, James Hardigan. Say hello. Hello. And he is my work abusive stepdad, Matt Broughton. I'm not telling you to say hello, but if you could, please. Hello. There he is. <laughs> I'm in Los Angeles. They are in London. It is just after 7 a.m. here, and my breath is so bad that it is grossing myself out. <laughs> Thanks for Coming the up. overshare. <laughs> well, you know, I have to paint a word picture or a word smell in, in this case. Coming up on today's show, we are recapping Monte Carlo. Are we going to have the Monaco Monte Carlo argument right now, or do I want to save it for the recap segment? You know what? Save I'm, it. I'm going to save it. Save let's, it. Let's save it. Let's it's it's let's not wait. an argument, it's a clarification. No, no, no. It's going to be an argument. Uh, I was sober during this event, as I just mentioned. James went along in solidarity, but Matt wasn't, and he didn't even have his first beer until the first night anyway. Well, that's the way to be a not-alcoholic stepdad. Uh, you heard the Maria Ho phone call last week, but why was Maria around so much? What was she doing even talking to me? How do I have her phone number? <laughs> All good questions. This and more. Uh, by the way, if you didn't hear the Maria Ho phone call, or rather the call inspired by Maria Ho from Joe to his mum, please do download last week's episode of Poker in the Ears. It is worth it. Uh, we'll be talking a bit more about the Cash Game show uh, with Maria, uh, what it was like working with us as a presenter, as well as uh, we'll be recapping what happened during the main event, uh, and more specifically the final table that we didn't cover on the last show because it hadn't happened yet. Our super fan is Greg Tomlinson. He is quizzing me on British gangster movies. And before we move on to tweets, guys, big time glitch in the matrix. As I was preparing the show this morning, right before we get on the call, my iTunes was playing uh, loudly because my roommate, I think, was having sex and I didn't want to hear it. But I, Shuffle was on. 5,629 songs on my, on my iTunes. Shuffle. Guess what song comes on? Is it from a gangster film? It is not from a gangster film, but it is the song that Matt Broughton sings before every single episode no. of this podcast. Don't name and it, then, by the way. Don't name it, because I actually want to use that on a competition during the stream from Sochi. Ah. Okay, well, and then I decide to put this into the running order, and then uh, I get on the first call with you guys, did our little sound check we beforehand, and what happens, Matt Broughton starts singing that fucking song. <gasps> and I was already a glitch in the Matrix before he did it. <laughs> so anyway, super weird out of 5,600 songs that this one came on, but we'll let you figure out what song that is at a later date. Well, let's get to those tweets that you mentioned, Joe, and a lot of positive feedback about that phone call from last week's show. Jason B., says, the phone call with Stapes' mom was just A++++ entertainment slash comedy. I laughed till it hurt. Uh, uh, yeah, that was a lot of fun. Ed Kilworth says, it was cruel, but very funny. Undersea Monkey loves your mom. Uh, as does Daniel Allen. He says, God, your mom sounds like the sweetest damn person in the world. She is, as long as you don't try to marry one of her sons. And the only other tweet worth reading is from Jean Mateus, who is going to be a superfan in the coming weeks, who was in the shower listening to Poker in the Ears when we talked about him. He says, I've got to admit, I felt something. <laughs> <laughs> the old shower shower. 
Uh, keep the tweets coming. Hashtag poker in the ears. It's the best way to apply to be on Superfan versus Stapes. Nice. I don't know if anybody had any fun stories on their way home. I, I Nothing. So, you know, I think we've had enough travel stories, uh, for me at least. Uh, but I did rewatch L.A. Confidential on the way home for like a quick little bit of movie talk. I haven't seen it since I was a teenager, like when it came out in theaters. Was it one of those where they had like classic movies on the plane or did you just have it on your iPad? No, Virgin like almost never has older movies mixed in, but for some reason, L.A. Confidential was. So I was like, you know what? What a great opportunity to watch this. I forgot, man, that movie's really fucking good. It's brilliant. And the book it's based on is so dense and so complex. And they did a really good job of just taking seven or eight key moments from the book and threading a new narrative around them. So it very much has the vibe, the feel, the style of the book, but doesn't have... I would say even 20% of the story of the book. See, I think it was the movie itself. Uh, I'm a little bit better suited to handle it now. But when I saw it as a teenager, it was even too dense for me. I was like, I don't, what is happening in this yeah. movie? And it's really not a very complicated movie. So I was happy to watch it again and actually appreciate it more this time. No, James Elroy is definitely one of my favorite writers. And the L.A. Quartet, which is L.A. Confidential is part of, is just an absolute masterpiece. Now, there are stories from the journey home, Joe, but we're saving them for the recap. But before we get to that, we've got some poker news, people. What's going on in poker today? Now it is time for Poker in the Is News. I have breaking, breaking poker news right here, James. Wow. Uh, somebody's, somebody's nerd toy got delivered here. Really? Last night. Yes. yes. It's not mine, by the way. It's for my daughter. Uh, but yeah, thank you. Right. Please, yeah. please bring it with you to uh, when you come over for, for the Sochi stream. <laughs> yeah. uh, she will be delighted. Um, so Scoop is going on at the moment. And Joe... We have all the results, including the big result that matters. Oh, yes. There's only one thing that matters to Scoop. It's the uh, Scoop 57 social media vote <laughs> headlined <laughs> by Jamie Staples. It's just I'm just so glad that, uh, well, thank you, France, and another election has finally gone our way because in the press release, we had been informed, I don't know how to make this more dramatic, that, yes, Scoop number 57 will, in fact, be the progressive knockout. Indeed. Each member of Team Online, I think it was Jamie Staples, Lex Veldhaus, Nananoko, and Mikhail Shalomov, they each had their proposed format. There was a vote on Facebook. Jamie Staples won, so event number 57, which takes place on the 22nd of May, will be Jamie's progressive KO tournament. It's, it's just kind of disgusting that, once again, dirty politics won out. I mean, did you see some of the disgusting <laughs> ads that Jamie ran? <laughs> During this campaign, I mean, it really. I have to say, his attack ads on Nananoko were particularly <laughs> below the belt. <laughs> Brutal break. I mean, did you hear that Lex Veldhaus was in uh, had a, a drug trafficking ring being run out of his apartment? <laughs> I mean, the subreddit alone on that was just foul. I hope you're happy, Jamie Staples. Uh, so, a quick overview of results in the actual tournaments themselves. Uh, Fedor Holtz, the beast, had a very near miss in an early event. I think he scored a fifth place finish. And then, when we come to the uh, the horse event, uh, which was the uh, event number nine, the $1,050 horse, Jay Carver, Jason Somerville, took 10th place in that tournament. Better news for Calvin Anderson, who won his eighth scoop. Wow. Congratulations to him for victory in event 13, which was the uh, three max turbo zoom. And also Martin Jakobsen, a former main event champion at the World Series of Poker, who won his first 
ever scoop. So really, we're only into week one proper right now. Still loads of events to play. And we'll tell you about some of the events you can play this weekend when we go into the lobby later on in the show. Yeah, and also, I mean, the thing to stick around for is the results from the, the one scoop event that I've been waiting for. Looked at the schedule. My favourite game of all. I've been crushing it on the Raz cash tables. Couldn't wait for this to come round. I was like, May 10th, superb. And guess when that started? Yeah, 25 fucking minutes ago. Oh, no. So the only two-day event, because the other one I wanted to play was Badoogie, but that's on a Friday. And though, I mean, it's a bit like optimistic to think you get to the second day, I wouldn't be able to play on the Saturday. So this really was my only of my weird little mixed games that I like to play. The big Raz scoop opportunity is happening right now as we speak. So that's scoop screw for another year for me, unless I want to just sit in the million Hold'em games that are available. Thanks ever so much, guys. You can't late late reg? Well, I don't no, I mean I could do, but that's that's I mean actually yeah, that's not a bad idea. <laughs> now that you've said it. How how long is late reg likely to go for though? Hours usually. Really? So we say goodbye to Matt Brown and anyway, Joe and I will bye. continue the podcast on our own. Uh so Joe, the only non scoop related news is something that you alerted us to and I've been reading up on, which is this prop bet that Mike Nuri has got with uh with Matt Savage about eating $1,000 worth of McDonald's food in a day and a half. Yeah, and so I think everyone's probably going to be on my side on this one, but as a McDonald's expert, this cannot be done. No, it can't, especially when you see that there are actually terms and conditions. I think $300 of the 1K has to be on hot food, and at least $50 of that has to be on burgers. Now, how many Big Macs can you get for fifty dollars? Uh, they're about they're around five bucks a piece these okay. days. Ten Big Macs alone inside a thirty-six hour period is a challenge. Yeah. Add to that another nine hundred and fifty dollars of food. Yeah. Yeah, it's not like anything at McDonald's. Like so, I, I've I've been in on these food prop bet discussions before. There were, there was one for Taco Bell a couple of years ago, and at least at Taco Bell you can make upgrades. Like so, you can get instead of the normal beef, you can spend like a dollar fifty more and have it be like a same amount of food, but they charge you more money for it. There's not really anything like that at McDonald's. There's no like big ticket item. Oh well, that's like, what's I funny. Think- I was going to ask that because I I must admit I've not been in a McDonald's in like decades, but I'm aware from the adverts like they kind of trying to diversify. But there's no like luxury items that that you could blow your budget on. No, right? and the stipulations in this bet make it in my opinion, impossible. For example, not more than $200 can be spent on salad. And I believe that this guy's intention is to spend $500, half the amount, on apple bags. And I don't even know what an apple bag is. I'm assuming it's a bag with some apple in it, which I didn't even know you could get from McDonald's. I think they capped the apple bags too, though, at 250 Oh, well, that's going to ruin his plans because he was planning to spend 500 on that. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, there's a couple of articles that have broken it down, and it looks like the most expensive thing is uh, like the lowest calorie, most expensive thing is this are the, are the wraps, and that's like just over seven dollars. I mean, um, but but he'll have to eat forty two of them to get no. to seven hundred fifty dollars. <laughs> Number one, it can't be done. Number two, even if there was the slightest possibility that you could push yourself to actually completing this challenge, he's only getting odds of five to one. You want odds in the hundreds, quite yeah. frankly, to even think about doing this. I mean, 
Uh, look, as someone who's done food prop bets before also, like I did one in my life as far as an amount of food I could eat, I would never do it again. I, God, I say that. I mean, it would have to be for like, as James just said, for a ridiculous sum of money mm. because it, you know, even for a thousand bucks, even at the time when I made no money and a thousand dollars was incredible, like was like a month's salary to me. I would not have done it again. I mean, again, another stipulation of the bet. That is $1,000 on food, drinks not included. Yeah, and the thing is you have to drink something along with this stuff because your body just dries up. Sure. Um, And that takes up room in your stomach also. Um, Is there anything there about what sorts of bathroom rules there are? I have not seen any rules about going to the bathroom, particularly rules to how long the food has to be kept down, shall we say. Right. Well, I feel like a uh, like vomiting, obviously, should be unspoken, that you can't puke in the middle of this thing. But uh, it doesn't say other ways of emptying your stomach, which I imagine in 36 hours in a lot of McDonald's is going to have to happen. Yeah. No, for sure. Um Shall we try and elevate the mood by moving on to the French Riviera and, crucially, uh, the Poker Stars Championship presented by Monte Carlo Casino? Event Recap. Event Recap. So let's get out of the way then, Joe. Let's get out of the way. What's your issue with the name of the event, or rather the name of this recap? There's no issue with any of this, but like I get this email from James this morning, like I went through the running order and changed everywhere you had written Monaco to Monte Carlo. There's and a like, reason though, right? Because I know why you were going with Monaco, because contractually before, the event had Monte Carlo in the name, so all references to the location were Monaco. That rules out the window now. So it'd be a bit like talking about Barcelona, but insisting on calling it catalonia it's a bit about like talking about panama and referring it to it as panama but we didn't <laughs> we call it panama city no we didn't we never once said panama city ever in any of the things we did but the event was called the pokestars championship panama this is the pokestars championship monte carlo right and so my whole point is the thing i'm saying is not wrong can i just be not wrong for once can you just like you find it's not, like i it's not I incorrect enough it's not incorrect, but I think Monte Carlo is better. Right, and it was so not incorrect that every instance of it had to be changed in the running order. I just think it's better to refer <laughs> to the destination as the event name rather than the principality <laughs> or country. Do you know what? I'm hey, so glad I'm a part of this podcast because this is the kind of <laughs> stuff I used to love listening to <laughs> when I would just sit on my own machine listening to you guys bickering. Okay. Let's just say Shut up example. and take a side, Broughton. <laughs> <sighs> Shall That's we it, talk worn me out. about the final table that From was played? Where? The Celdas are twelve. <laughs> no, I go. mean, you know, more specifically, where was where was the event? Le Sporting, right? Okay, at right. the Monte Carlo <laughs> Bay Hotel and Resort. What in Monaco? In Monte Carlo, which is in Monaco. <laughs> <laughs> as you were, as you were. Yes, let's talk about the final table. Uh, this was uh, we called this quote unquote like getting a bit unlucky, and we just mean that um, there were no huge names at this final table. We've been pretty lucky uh not just in the poker stars championship but over the last year or so i would say uh on whatever tour we were working on that there have been pretty stacked final tables with all of the winners being somewhat named players uh now the guy who won in monte carlo 
was a, is a bit of a name player. He just happens to be like not the best English speaker, so he's not on our radar maybe as much as he is in other countries. Yeah, I mean, he's had a, a, a lot of decent results. He's been coached by Mustafa Kanat. He's moved to Mexico so he can grind online. He had a near miss in London a couple of years ago. I think the real thing with this final table, which felt different to many others we've covered recently, was the pace of play. It was incredibly slow. Now, bizarrely, it didn't bother me as much as I thought it would because they were playing, on average, 20 hands a level where normally you'd expect in 90 minutes of poker them to be playing between 30 and 35 hands. There was a lot of thinking. There was a lot of tanking. Um, but actually, it seemed okay. Yeah, I must say it, it didn't get to me. I don't really know why. But actually, I didn't have a massive problem with it. I just guess having waited to get to that final six and get the cards up coverage, you kind of want to see these guys in as many different situations yes. as possible because we've been watching them for a few days going, what's he thinking? What's he doing? I, I can't wait to see his cards. And then actually we just didn't get quite that poker fix that I was hoping for, especially for the Twitch guys that had like been gagging for cards up. But also there were some great stories at the final table. You're right, Joe. We didn't necessarily know any of these guys that well, but the fact you had players like Michael Kolkovich, the complete amateur who yeah. got married in that room 10 years ago. And and also, we were gifted with the presence of Daniel Negreanu for a decent chunk of the stream as well. So that's got to keep the Twitch audience happy, Matt. The fact that they're getting knowledge bombs from Dean Eggs. For sure, for sure. I must admit, Davide Katai was like my superstar. He he kept me hooked to the screen, even though contractually I had to stay hooked to the screen. But, you know, I kind of was a bit gutted. He didn't go deeper. He was like my big hero that I wanted to see what the hell he was doing. But I still found it pretty interesting, to be honest. It was slower, but a good, good final table. I think that we're able to make some exceptions for what would otherwise, now if it was full of heroes and it went at that pace, I think we'd all be a lot more irritated. And I think w you can uh, put yourselves in their shoes a little bit. These guys weren't playing slow and tanking because they're calculating GTO divided by pi. It was because they were like, I don't know what to do here. This is crazy. I'm yeah. playing for a massive amount of money, and uh, I have no idea what I'm supposed to do. And you have a little bit more time, literally and figuratively, for these people when you're like, man, these are like relative amateurs, and they're above out of their depth a little. Yeah, I think that's fair. And it got to the point where they weren't particularly deep. It was a pretty shallow final table for much of the day. And they're looking at those money jumps and they're just thinking about laddering and they're hoping that that other guy who's sitting there on 16 big blinds, he's going to go up next and I'm going to lock up an extra 70k, which is completely understandable. And most people would say is actually good poker thinking. Um, we should point out that we're going to get to follow these guys' journeys this time around because we are back to doing multi-day coverage of a multi-table tournament. And so we're going to pick up the action on day two and when these TV shows air during the latter end of 2017, we're going to get to see over the course of eight weeks, all the big hands, all the big moments and follow the key characters through the Monte Carlo main event. Exciting. Uh, I'm looking forward to that. And I'm I'm looking forward to the folks who didn't get to follow along, uh, getting to pick up the story, because like you said, a couple of these guys had had some really good stuff going on, some fun stuff uh, before that final table. Um, I took a. So you remember the obviously the phone call from last week. Um, I shot so much footage that night, and I wasn't really sure until we recorded the call with my mom, like what we were going to use on the podcast. And one of the storylines was that Matt had this Russian guy that was like his <laughs> yeah I his nemesis Sergey. Sergey. Oh, so I like cut this video of like Matt's journey with Sergey, <laughs> and then. 
Uh, and then what happened was when I tried to separate the, out the section with my mom, uh, I ended up losing all that footage. And I was like, well, I don't know how we're how we were going to use it anyway. So it wasn't that big a deal. But originally, this the ending to that story of video that night was going to be like when Matt and our friend Ben leave the room. And I'm like, ah, I thought they would never leave. And then I took a bunch of video of me playing on the toilet um, to be like, this is what I really wanted to be doing. The problem is my butt doesn't know whether or not I'm on camera. Like it doesn't know it's acting. So I really did end up going to the bathroom on camera. <laughs> oh, and so you were just going to sit on the toilet just for like the effect of it, but you ended up sitting on the toilet. Exactly. Right. And, and so I'm like, well, this probably will never get aired unless I lie through my teeth and just say I'm a great actor. But then what happens is like, <laughs> I start getting all these messages from Matt about how he left his glasses in my room. Silent, just just to rewind a few weeks, you might remember in our Panama recap, we told the story of Matt Broughton losing his glasses in his pants, them dropping out the bottom of his trousers, only for him to then get off the plane in Frankfurt to go back on the plane because he'd left his glasses behind. Yeah, okay. Well, you know, I've had a lot of ups and downs in my eyes and I sometimes forget <laughs> that I, in some instances, wear glasses and in other instances, I don't. The weird thing was I got back to my room and, like, Joe was just, like, a couple of floors away from me So, I, and I thought, ah, oh, damn it, I've, I left my glasses in his room. So I just sent him a real quick WhatsApp going, Guy, sorry, mate, I'm going to have to quickly pop back and grab my glasses. And Joe was like, oh... And I can't remember what he said, but he said something. Oh, do you know what? It's a little bit, it's a little bit awkward right now. And I'm <laughs> saying, oh man, listen, like it's my bad. So you just tell me when it's convenient. And I, but I'd already started my journey back to his room while we're having this text conversation. <laughs> and then, and now what you've just said makes much more sense because when I was outside his room, I'm trying to pretend to him that I'm not outside his room, saying, mate, just let me know. But I'm thinking I'll be here, and I can hear him talking to someone. And I thought when we had first got to his room, he'd actually been like having a skype call with with a friend of his and i thought oh maybe he's like been straight back onto his friend but when he finally opened the door he kind of peeked through it all timidly going um do you know when you where your glasses are i don't think you you want to come in and i'm thinking <laughs> oh god what is he doing but it turns out the conversation i heard was you talking to yourself while having a shit yes. Because then he opens the door and he's jokingly doing that. Oh, oh you yeah, oh, light a fire, you know, good. <laughs> and I'm like, don't worry, mate, I'll hold my breath. So for comedic effect, I hold my breath and walk into the room going, I'm just going to look for my glasses. Then I actually had to take a breath. Fuck me, it was like Godzilla had died in there. Is that Joe's acting ass had actually really gone to town. I mean, we didn't I'm even method. eat anything. My ass is method, Matt, what can I tell you? <laughs> and so I had to literally on one tank of oxygen try and scour the whole room. Sweet irony, the glasses were in my room. I forgot that I, I actually had forgotten to take them from my room to oh his room in the God. first place. So I double forgot my glasses had to just run because my eyes were starting to like it was like mustard gas in joe's room um and i'm thinking why on earth is he on the phone to his like girlfriend like if he's taking a dump but he was actually not on the phone he was on the gopro to himself having a dump. correct i love the fact that as we were going into the detail of the mcdonald's prop bet and it got onto vomiting i said let's actually raise the class of things sorry. <laughs> Monte Carlo. sorry and here we have you inhaling the fumes of his accidental dump i know i mean i don't know how you ever have guests when you say to these girls hey do you want to come back to my room i've got pizza the chance of you saying by the way i've just got to head to the bathroom without clearing out the whole floor of the hotel Oh, never mind your room. So, Joe, I did say there were some anecdotes, by the way, from the journey home. Yes. And 
obviously Matt and I were on the same flight again, just as we were from Panama. Unfortunately, we got parted at Nice Airport because Matt made the classic because, mistake. Because of... James, James went to first class and Matt was no, in coach. No, Matt made the <laughs> classic mistake of going through passport control too oh, soon. Right. And missing yeah. out on the joys of the brand new Pret-a-Manger at Nice Airport Terminal 1. <laughs> How will you ever survive, Matt Broughton, without the same shit food you eat in London? Do you know what? It was a struggle, but I found a, a Starbucks to spell my name wrong, so it kind of cheered <laughs> me up on the other side. Oh, yeah. What did they write? <laughs> Math. <laughs> so i was like well this doesn't add up and the guy just stared at me i was like shit that's a waste of a really good joke you have no idea when we are reunited waiting to get on the plane and we're sitting in this kind of like tunnel which leads to the gate the heavens absolutely oh, good, open yeah. the rain is coming down in sheets there is thunder there is lightning the flight is delayed by 30 minutes and i said this is probably a situation where the weather is so bad and bear in mind at nice you take off over sea that actually they don't want to take off right now. Yeah, and probably I'm quite happy to be delayed because taking off in this is not going to be a huge amount of fun. But eventually we get on the plane, we do take off, and obviously the plane's a little bit shaky in all the rain, and then suddenly there is this almighty bang and a flash. A bang? And, so, and after... Can you describe the bang more? Does it sound like... like I mean... It sounded like something, like the plane had literally smashed into something. It, it was... It was it had like a lot of impact. You, I, I, you remember when the bomb went off in Malta? You remember when the fireworks? Yeah. You know when something really like goes and there's like a lot of meat to the wavelength. It's like you think, oh, that didn't sound like someone dropping a plate. Right. Uh, for a moment, I genuinely thought something really bad has happened and this this is this is it. But no, the plane keeps keeps climbing, gets through the cloud, levels off. They turn the seatbelt lights off and calm as anything, he, the pilot comes... Ladies and gentlemen, you may have heard a bang and seen a flash of light during takeoff. We were actually struck by lightning, but I'm pleased to say it didn't cause anything more than a temporary failure of onboard systems, and I see no reason why we can't continue on our journey to London. Obviously, as a matter of routine, the plane will be fully inspected and not allowed to fly anywhere again once we've landed at Heathrow Airport. I would like to translate. I'd like to translate that where he's like, we got struck by lightning, motherfuckers. <laughs> we're gonna take. The, we're gonna try to get there on fumes. I don't know if we're gonna make it. So of course, there's a few people looking around anxiously, and the crew is saying it's perfectly normal. Happens all the time. Planes are designed to be struck by lightning. At which point, Broughton reaches over and tells me what happened the last time he was on a plane that was struck by lightning. Yeah, is the thing is this is not <laughs> the first time I've been struck by lightning, which I know isn't a sentence that everyone can say. But wow. I used to work. I used to have an office in Lyon, and I used to fly to Lyon twice a week and it was kind of like this tedious this tedious journey I did and one time I was sat in the the second row like the business class row it was all very lovely and we were flying and I just had my meal and I actually there was no one sitting next to me and I put my little tray of food on the seat next to me and the plane started going like boom 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 and the plane like was vibrating in a really weird play this this will show you how long ago it was i was playing my game boy advance look it up kids google it and all i remember is that the plane was vibrating so much i couldn't actually see the screen because it was shaking so much wow and then i looked and the stewards who were right in front of me because i was at the front plane like sat down and kind of you know you know you get a tiny belt that you put across your waist and these guys get like a six part thing that comes over the shoulder around their chest through their legs and they got their thumbs hovering over the eject exactly buttons. and i'm thinking ah oh, we're in trouble here and then suddenly there is what well, you is... know it's bad when he puts the helmet on <laughs> exactly is that then what is now familiar to me is a really loud bang and a flash of light 
And also, I'm close enough to the cockpit, I can hear, pull up, pull up, whoop, whoop, and the system's fat, all these different vocal alarms going off. And oh, the plane man. nosedives, and I'm not even exaggerating, it nosedives to the point where all of our food that is sitting on the trays, that keeps going forward at 500 miles an hour while we nosedive. All the food smashes against the front of the plane. We go down and have to make an emergency landing in Paris with all the fire engines and ambulances driving up the side of us. We come absolutely fine incidentally in case you're worried I, I am alive still but it was something that set me back in flying for for decades to be honest well like, yeah I'm, I, I'm set back just hearing this fucking story to come back to this flight home now from monte carlo brackets monaco is <laughs> actually it was from nice oh, isn't it oh damn him damn him yeah hey but, by the way you're always wrong you're always wrong um the funny thing was james was sat in front and to the right of me across the aisle so i could see him boss francine was behind me and we were kind of chatting through the chairs but as soon as we got to the plane james was like headphones on noise cancelling buttons down watching star trek i believe um but the funny thing was there were all these announcements about how we're going to be delayed and francine's going oh it's a good job james can't hear this because he would be starting to get quite quite antsy about this <laughs> but james in true british fashion when the explosion and it was a bit of an explosion when the explosion and light went off james just kind of looked up <laughs> from his screen and I, oh hello what was that then <laughs> but when nothing came but i just a bit later on i headed off to the to the toilets at the back of the plane and it was while i was standing in the toilets that the announcement came on that james has already described as you might have noticed a slight explosion and flash of lights that was just when we got hit so i'm like oh my god not again thinking if we nosedive and it turns out instantly i should clarify the nosedive it wasn't because of being struck by lightning it was because they said we got stuck in this really weird turbulence that was going to tear the plane apart and the only thing the captain could think to do was to nosedive because it would get us out of this weird vibrational vortex wow. we were stuck in so anyway so two times now for me being struck by lightning uh keep them coming yeah, yeah. still well, alive you know, say things come in threes bizarrely at that point i wasn't watching star trek i was watching that netflix movie the discovery and all i was thinking was well thank god that robert redford has discovered there is an afterlife because i'm not <laughs> sure how this flight's going to end fortunately we did survive but we did have an insurance policy on this trip because if something had happened to one of us, we had an extra member of the team. We increased the size of Team PokerStars TV while we were in Monte Carlo. On that note, let's introduce our guests for this week's podcast and welcome back to Poker in the Ears, Maria Ho. Hello, Maria. Hi! Why is there no roaring applause? Like, don't you guys have those sound things? Uh, it's yeah. hard for Matt to press buttons. There we go. Sorry, I just thought, once you're part of the team, then all those privileges are completely <laughs> rescinded and you're just made to feel like you're a, kind of a problem rather than a welcome guest. I actually think Maria does deserve a round of applause because, Maria, you, of course, were a very important element of last week's show as well. Even though you'd already left Monte Carlo, you, of course, inspired Joe's phone call home to his mother, which <laughs> occupied five minutes of last week's show and received universal acclaim from listeners. I mean, that was amazing how that all came about, but can I just clear things up with Joe's mom? Uh, <laughs> I, I really want to meet her someday, and I don't want her to hate me and think that I'm small-minded. <laughs> I think that uh, there is little chance she will piece the two things together, first of all. And second of all, she told you she doesn't mind. It's okay. <laughs> She's the sweetest, Joe. I don't know how she gave birth to someone like you. <laughs> Let's not forget, Maria, she did say she was going to jump you or that maybe one of Joe's friends would jump you. 
Good luck. I know. I'm definitely scared to show up at the next event without a couple of bodyguards. <laughs> it's so funny because my mom did grow up like in the literal projects when she moved to America. So she still has like that tiny little bit of street left in her, like 1% street. <laughs> and it comes out in defense of her son. She's adorable. You just see her head explode. I kind of want to... Um, I kind of want to put Maria on blast for something right right before you went on the air. I have a crush on someone in poker. And I think Maria's mad about it. I'm not mad about it. I just I, I just didn't know. And I feel like we keep each other apprised of these things. That's all. I'm not mad. Oh, it's not a real crush. Mm, I don't know. It's very don't difficult worry. to keep track, to be honest. Yeah. Who's who's the latest? Who is I was going to say who's May's girl or it should be who's May the 10th's girl. <laughs> well, I always do this thing where I um like whenever there's like a computer open in the background, I'll have like a bunch of photos of Kate Hall up. Right. And like it's not like a legit crush on Kate Hall, but she's like incredibly attractive and really smart and seems like she's fun at least some of the time. So I'm like, <laughs> this is like a, a a crush I could sort of get behind. <laughs> Uh, Maria was actually helping me uh, in Monte Carlo. Maria, you were being like my sponsor, my Tinder sponsor. I was. I was. That's what I'm saying. I was just trying to keep you out of trouble. And that's why I didn't know you had any new crushes because I just thought that we had talked about that you were going to just take a little bit of a of a break from pursuing women in general. And just to well, be clear, I, I, when we said that we added Maria to the team and brought her in, this was your specific role on the production, <laughs> was to basically mentor Stapes and keep him out of trouble. Yeah, only only mean, Joe could need a sponsor for Tinder. <laughs> he really did, though. I actually texted him several nights in a row and be like, are you staying off that app? But, so I, I was for the most part, but I had to confess something to you. Um... On the last night, which, uh, as you know, I hadn't been drinking. On the last night, I had a couple of beers. And right as I was getting into bed, this woman uh, was that I had been talking to from before, who's a divorcee, was like, hey, I actually live right in the giant condos next to the hotel where you're staying. Do you want to come up and have a tea? And I was like, <laughs> tea? Yeah, and she said, this is not like a Tinder tea, but like a real tea. And I was like, you know what? I'm fine with that. There's nothing that says I can't just go spend time with another human being and have a tea in their apartment. And are you sure and a tea isn't where you lay naked like at right angles to each other? Well, I, I, I mean, I might have thought that if she hadn't specifically said it didn't mean that. And right, so okay. even, even though I know that that too could have been subterfuge, I was like, no, if I take this for what it is... I'm not a horrible person. I just don't want to go have tea. So, and also I really, really wanted to see what one of those condos looked like. And so long story short, did have some tea. It was very nice. No funny business happened. I think I might've like touched her knee one time when I was like trying to make her laugh or something. Um, but this apartment was fucking enormous and I'm so glad I went up there. Um, I did like a like a video of the inside of the living room, and it took me twenty seconds to just turn the whole thing. And I was like, hey, at one point, I was like, "Hey, can I use the bathroom?" She's like, "Yeah, there's five of them." <laughs> did you ask her permission, or did you just randomly start filming inside her home? No, God, did we ask her permission. Are you crazy? 
<laughs> I was just like, no one will ever believe me. And so I just needed to get some video evidence. Wow. Um, so this is basically what happens, Maria, when you're not there. But obviously, that wasn't your primary responsibility. You left me, Maria! <laughs> that wasn't your primary role on the production. Now, bearing in mind, Maria, that we're not trying to give away any spoilers from the Cash mm. Game show, can you give us an overview of what you were doing with that series? Well, I think that I served as kind of a liaison between the players of the cash game and uh, maybe you guys. Just I was out on the floor talking to them, you know, in between big hands, uh, big pots that were going down and just trying to get the lay of the land. Because, you know, in cash games, there's always like so much um, there's like a lot of uh, metagame and other thoughts I think that can uh, kind of occur and people just and especially with the challenger uh, in the game I think there were always a lot of you know um, the pros were just trying to figure out what the challenger was uh, gonna do with their strategy in terms of t uh, booking a win at the end of the night so I don't know I feel like I kind of got into their heads a little bit just kind of um, you know talked a little poker with them but also just uh they all seem to be having so much fun that I like was getting a lot of FOMO just watching from the sidelines, but they gave me a lot of good insight. So I felt yeah. like that was a game. You were like a human confessional booth. And I did <laughs> wonder at one point whether anyone was actually going to ever come over to talk to you, but oh my God, they all wanted to talk to you several times over the course of the game. I know. And I feel like th that's what I'm saying. It's like, I think in cash games, you know, there's a lot of thoughts, but, uh, that they don't voice because, you know, I don't know, maybe they think it's going to affect how their opponents end up playing. And, you know, in, in cash games, I feel like the money, obviously they're playing high stakes, but the money just feels a lot more real than when you have tournament chips in front of you. And so, yeah, they were all just running down, like try not to miss hands. God bless them. They like literally were just like running back up mid sentence, but I got, what i could out of them maria who was that was there anyone that was like a horribly awkward interview that you wish had not come over or that they hadn't forced you to ask a question to <laughs> no not really i mean i feel like that's why you guys you know get some say in the lineups because you guys want people that know how to speak and know how to interact and stuff like that so no i felt like everybody kind of had good personalities good things to say i never felt like it was very awkward like some poker interviews can be at times yeah i guess it was it's a little bit easier when we set the lineups and then they also volunteer to talk to you yeah for sure there was also some behind the scenes stuff you were doing as well i guess kind of during the breaks or in the kind of run up to play beginning now there was a hand which has been referred to by daniel on twitter everyone knows that it's an absolute car crash of a hand involving kevin hart all i'm interested in knowing is did you get to talk to kevin about that particular hand I did get to talk to Kevin right after that hand happened. And honestly, I am still in shock by it. And <laughs> I know he, like he literally came up to the interview just laughing, though. That's the thing. He almost laughed his entire way through the questions because he knew how crazy it was. And he was just, I don't know. I don't think he knew fully what happened. And I don't know if he like thinks it was funny now or he just felt bad at that point it was it was all i don't know it was crazy well, well hold on a second are you saying kevin hart was laughing at himself i think 
he de- he definitely was. He definitely was just laughing because he knows that this this hand is just going to go down in history and it's going to become viral. But then he also just felt really bad because it was so unintentional. And you know, I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't want to much away, but yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't want to comment any more on that. Just it's in a case, really so. tough <laughs> thing to talk about without talking about. So I, as I said on the last show, I have every expectation that this hand is going to get out there before the tv shows air and then we can talk about it in more detail down the line um overall though maria they were two pretty long days but uh was it enjoyable to rail the action rather than be at the table playing you know it was definitely interesting to be on that side of things but i you know i definitely enjoyed watching and talking to players and kind of just understanding their mindset a bit more because i actually don't play that that many cash games at all i'm just strictly a tournament player these days so i felt like i was a little bit rusty so just kind of being able to watch from a distance without really getting involved was nice but then you know after like the eighth hour kicked in i was like man i really want to be getting in that cash game <laughs> and i really want to be playing against these people especially now that i know you know now i've gotten inside their heads a bit i kind of know how to play against them um but it actually really helps me because then when i went and jumped into the main event right after the second day of cash games wrapped i felt like i wanted to play way more than i have in a long time i was really excited to play really eager to play and i felt like just watching the last two days just sharpened my game that much more and so i really gave it my all in the in the main and you know i have a min cash to show for it guys <laughs> hey, well done there, girl. Do, do you think that um that having the taste of like now i know you work right occasionally and doing jobs like this but do you think that spending those two ta- those two days working and like having a job made you appreciate the being a poker player stuff like once that was over the fact that you were back to your own schedule and able to play a game for fun and for a living for sure, because it's you know it's been a while since, like you said, occasionally I still do other jobs and stuff, but it's been a while since I have to like ask for permission to go pee or. <laughs> um, so you know, and then I like honestly, it was crazy. Every time I went to the restroom, no joke, a big hand would go down, and like I would just be hearing things in my ear of like people frantically looking for me, and I'm like, oh my god, I can't even go to the bathroom and pee. So yeah, you guys know that Maria. Um, you know, she so quickly became a part of the quote unquote team that she even sent me on a food run for her. <laughs> <laughs> Immediately understood how the hierarchy works in our little setup. Joe, I need water. Joe, get me a sandwich. She's like, I know I've been here for one day, but who do I outrank? Oh, Stapes. <laughs> <laughs> that was a delicious quiche by the way <laughs> he made it himself she ordered him to make it don't I, make me a quiche i had i had to leave the building for it that's how <laughs> <laughs> oh too good um you mentioned them in cash already how was the main event for you maria do you think you were at a disadvantage having late regged and therefore not starting with the the deep stack that you would have done had you bought in at the start of a day one you know, at first I was like, 
oh, this is kind of a disadvantage. And also, you know, I, I got in the tournament with an hour left to play. So I didn't have any reads on anybody at my table, but there were there was one big hand that I got involved in with someone who had a huge stack and I lost half of my stack to him. And I was like, man, if I were just here earlier, I could have seen what he was doing. I would have known if I should call, if I should fold. And now I have, you know, half the starting stack. I should have just bought in at the beginning of day two. Um, so then I was really regretting all all of this until I only had to play for like eight hours and I got in the money. So I was like, Oh, this is great. <laughs> I was like, I only had to play eight hours and I made some money already. This is awesome. But no, normally I don't really like to lay a reg. And, and so it just threw me off my game a little bit, but should we get uh should we quiz Maria Ho on how well she knows her hoes guys? Oh, for sure. This might be my second favorite of your dumb games <laughs> after the uh, foreign movie translation game. <laughs> now, Maria, you have played this game before. Do you remember all you have to do is answer every question in the form of a hoe, right? Yes. <laughs> okay. And we've added a new factor this time around. If you need a lifeline, you can either beg a Broughton or you can Hector a heart again. <laughs> okay, wait, I get one of each. That's right, you get one of each. But the thing is, they actually have not been given the questions ahead of time, so they might not know the answer either. All right, let's go. All right, here we go. Question number one. Title to Lumineer's song with the lyric, I belong with you, you belong with me, and my sweet heart. Hey, ho. Oh, I don't know if we... Oh, God, it's ho, hey. What? Oh, that's a half point. That's definitely a half point, surely. Half point. Yeah, agree. Agree. Half, Half point. point. Here we go. Popular brand of American snack foods responsible for the production of such cakes as the Snowball and the Twinkie. Hostess. Hostess. And she got it with proper pronunciation. Thank God you're not using the lifelines at the moment because we'd be <laughs> bloody useless. <laughs> <laughs> this question number three is a mechanical excavator that draws to itself toward a bucket attached to a hinged boom. A mechanical uh, excavator. Okay, I'm going to uh, call in Hardigan for help shit. on this you, one. You must, you must Hector a Hardigan if you want his help. He said shit, so maybe you might want to beg a Broughton. No, don't. No, can, don't I can switch my lifelines in the no, middle. All right, don't no. Do it. Oh, but I have. Okay. Looks like no one's gonna be able to help you. Why don't you save your lifelines? The answer we were looking for there was backhoe. We were looking for backhoe. Never heard of it. Never heard of it, but okay. Question number four. Maria, you can check out anytime you want, but you can never leave. Oh, Hotel California. Hotel California is correct. <laughs> Question number five. Now this may be one you might want to use one of your English lifelines on. A novel by Sir Walter Scott set in the 12th century England in three parts and features the character Robin Hood. Okay. Uh, Hardigan? Heck, you must Hector a Hardigan. No! Do not give her the answer until she Hectors you. What's, he what's Hectoring, Joe? I'm not entirely sure what Hectoring is. To bother somebody or to... Uh, or to uh, irritate them good just needed to, to check exactly what maria is required to do here the only person i know how to bother or irritate is your mom joe so. <laughs> <laughs> correct <laughs> fine we'll give it to her question number six uneven cable drama starring claire danes and mandy patinkin 
Homeland. Homeland is correct. Two more questions to go. This person was an epic poet. He authored the Iliad and the Odyssey. Oh my god. I know this. <laughs> um, um. I'm here. Uh, I'm please, Matt Routon, please, please last help me. Homer. Homer is correct. Did you get that on your own or because Broughton whispered something to you? I didn't nope. whisper anything other than I was here. I thought I had to go full name, so that's what I was struggling. Homer Johnson. Wait, did you say Winslow Homer? Me? No. I didn't say any person. Just say hearing anything. things. Just happening? checking. Just checking. All right, here we go. Last question. Calm down, everyone. <laughs> American soccer goalkeeper and two-time gold Olympic gold medals who once told a cop, if the handcuffs were off, I'd kick your ass. We're looking for her name. Oh, oh, I know. Hope Solo. Hope Solo is correct. By my Maria calculations, Hope. Maria yeah. scored six and a half points. Wow. Six and a half out of eight, I think. Wow, so impressive. Not bad. I know my hoes. <laughs> Once again, Maria has proven that she does, in fact, know her hose. Poker in the ears. Oh, thanks to Maria Ho. She's a good sport, Joey. Yeah, she's the best. Almost as good a sport as my mom. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's return to the subject of scoop as we go into the lobby now on Poker in the Ears. Now, I figure that even though this show is going to come out on a Thursday going to give people a chance to listen to it i figured we'd highlight some scoops on sunday it is online poker day it's the day when you can expect everyone to be grinding and joe for your benefit i'm going to you're ask gonna you to, you're going to explain them properly well, to ask you to actually to, like, listen to canada listen to the words that come out of my mouth <laughs> <laughs> um obviously there are the normal sunday tournaments which are then reversioned for the purposes of scoop um, so there's a couple I'm going to highlight. There is Scoop 29, which is a two-day event, Joe. That means Thank if you. you do start playing on a Sunday, it's going to conclude on a Monday. As if he's ever going to make it to the Monday. Uh, 75,000 guaranteed. I did make day two, you jack-off. In a phase tournament. I still don't know what that means. Okay. <laughs> Scoop 29 low is $11 to play with 75,000 guaranteed. Joe, you could also utilize your $109 scoop ticket that you won in that spin and go to play the medium, which has a 200k guarantee. Uh, now, the Sunday Million doesn't run this Sunday. It's basically a special edition of the Sunday Million, translated as Scoop 31. So it's a $215 buy-in. But remember, with Scoop, because you have the medium, the low, and the high, there is the opportunity to play the Sunday Million format for just $27. Granted, the guarantee is 200k rather than a million, but I still think it's really good that you can play a multi-table tournament that has the same structure as the Sunday Million for just 27 bucks. But Joe, it's a two-day event. That means it's going to conclude on the Monday. So I think, okay, so I think <laughs> if I could be a pedant for once, calling it a two-day event and saying it's going to conclude on the Monday, it always concludes on the Monday that is because true, it goes yes. overnight. But what you mean is that there's a break there is. And then the after level it'll probably 32. probably conclude on the Tuesday, technically, would be my would be my guess, because my guess is it'll finish after midnight on the Monday. That is probably true, because I imagine this is going to get a lot of runners. Now, the bizarre thing is, or rather the fortunate thing is, that this week's Superfan could play 
the low for free because there is a $27 tournament ticket on the line plus a chop pot hoodie in this week's quiz. Superfan versus Stakes. Please give a big warm welcome to Greg Tomlinson. Greetings, Greg. Hello, thank you. Thanks for having me. Oh, man, before uh, I go into making fun of you for stuff, are you one of those soft-spoken, <laughs> actual English gangsters? Just before I mention <laughs> uh, this. Uh, I may be. I may be. Because <laughs> uh, this is going to be this is gonna be a lot less fun for me if I have to like be nice to you. Oh no, no, crack on. <laughs> now I'm gonna be nice to you, Greg, because I know that you have already won a prize courtesy of us because you were one of the few, and by few I mean one person, who changed their avatar on stars to that picture of me photobombing a model. <laughs> That's correct, and I still have it, still there. <laughs> You're my it. hero, bro. You're my absolute hero. <laughs> All right, now, Greg, tell us, tell us about, uh, tell us about yourself. Uh, in the words of Joe Stapleton, who is your daddy and what does he do? <laughs> um, I am a customer service manager for a radar technology company. Wow, we do. So I fell asleep yeah. in the middle of that. What did he say? Yeah, <laughs> something about dolphins. Exciting. This is exactly how this conversation is supposed to go. I think. Uh, no, there sounded like there was something cool in there. Did you say something about radiation? <laughs> radars <laughs> radars i mean that was cool in the yeah. 50s I think. <laughs> uh, is this cool what now what type cool of now? radars so are these like radars that detect speed cameras radars that detect airplanes so it's radars that detect intruders so if you jump a Ooh. fence of a particular airport or something like that somewhere like that um our system detects you before Anybody can see you up to two miles away. You see, I would have started with that. Leave out the bit about yeah. customer relations. Yeah. Leave it about radar. Just goes, I stop intruders. I prevent terror attacks on airports. Just really oversell it. <laughs> no, this is even better because remember how we talk about how we're going to have like the commentator heist? Yes. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, this, God. this guy is going to help us get past the radar. He knows how to beat this system. Oh, my system. God. He's like our Livingston. We're going to get him in, and he's going to hack in and shut things down. Awesome. Yeah. He's going to be like, Stapes, you have to turn at 45-degree angles every 2.6 seconds, and you can dodge the radar beams. <laughs> you and, can't dodge the radar beam. And uh -oh. clearly... <laughs> Greg's already done all the research needed because he's been watching a lot of British gangster movies. Boom! Well right. done. Yes. And and can I ask, kind of, because this was the problem is when I was tasked with British gangster films, I'm thinking, well, how far back do I go? So can I inquire as to sort of your age, Greg? Uh, <clears throat> I'm forty. Okay, that's good. So we're we're not just talking about the stuff in the last ten years. We're kind of talking about proper classic British gangster stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, all right. But we'll see. Uh, well, I want to let you guys know that I'm an expert on British gangster films. I've seen every single one of them that was made after 2004. Right, okay, good, <laughs> good, right. And I, honestly, when I first heard of, like, you know, and I know, look, I'm not this guy anymore, but when I first heard there was such a thing as a British gangster film, I was like, oh my God, there's English gangsters, that's adorable. <laughs> <laughs> and then and then you see that and then you're like oh wait no 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 english people are like really fucked up and bad too <laughs> yeah badass <laughs> it's yeah. an international thing right okay well look uh 
we're not going to be able to give you the option of picking your own questions because these are very clearly Joe questions and Greg questions. Um, these are all going to be multiple choice. As always, you just get a clean two points for a straight answer or there's a multiple choice option in all instances worth one. Uh, James will adjudicate in the case of any discrepancies. Other than this, let's, uh, let's get this thing going. So, Greg, your first cool. question, and the first two questions yep. are about the Italian job. Ooh. Okay. Joe, have you heard of that film? Uh, you mean the job or the film? Okay, let's move on. Uh, Greg, your first <laughs> question. What is written on the side of the bus that transports the minis and the gold? Again, remember, Ooh. in all instances, the uh, multiple choice is available. Uh, I think I'm going to need multiple choice. Okay, your options are... Please. The Italian job, National Express, Anglo-Italian travel, or Croker's coach tours? Anglo-Italian travel. It was the last one. It was Croker's oh, coach sure, tours. That's what I was going to say. Right, okay. There's a bonus on here. Which actor okay. in the hilarious 2003 remake, remake links the Italian job to poker films? Uh, Jason Statham. Joe, you can steal this. Which actor in the 2003 remake links the Italian job to poker films? Um, who else was in that movie? Mark Wahlberg. The star of the remake was Edward Norton, also one of the stars of Rounders. Correct. James oh. gets a point. <laughs> Yes, I'm on the board. Right. Okay. I thought, I, wait, is Mark Wahlberg in the Italian job at all? Yes, he is. He's yeah. he is. Okay. Uh, anyway, Joe, your first actual question from the Italian job. Still, Professor Peach, played embarrassingly by Benny Hill, helps to hack and crash the traffic system like Greg will in our heist. <laughs> Charlie Croker and Camp Freddy exploit the professor's weakness to persuade him to join. What is Joe the professor's weakness? I will have to take multiple choice, please. Okay, is Professor Peach's weakness chocolate, young men, alcohol, or big ladies? <laughs> big ladies. It is big ladies. Joe gets a point. And there's a bonus here. When we first meet him, in fact, he's already in a sanatorium because he's been trying to force his ad advances on who? The uh, the 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 woman from the circus, <laughs> the fat lady. <laughs> really, really good guess. No, uh, Greg, can you steal this? No, no, okay. sorry. It's uh, James? No, nope. it's his sister's frightening maid, Greta. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, back to you, Greg. Uh, now we're on to layer cake. Hope that's okay. acceptable. Okay, yep. so the opening... From fat ladies to layer cake. Nice one, Maddie. Thanks, thanks very much. Glad you noticed. So the opening monologue in layer cake says, When I was born, the world was a far simpler place. It was all just what... Yeah, I'm gonna have to pop a choice, I think. Okay, it was all just boys and girls, cowboys and Indians, goodies and baddies, cops and robbers. Goodies and baddies. I'm afraid it was <sighs> cops and robbers. <sighs> okay, straight on to uh, Joseph, your layer cake question. In yep. layer cake, Daniel Craig's character is never named. What does he appear as in the official credits? <sighs> Go on, choices, please. Okay. The narrator, gangster number one, Lewis Kane, or XXXX? I think it was... It was funny, whatever it was. I'm going to go with XXXX. It was XXXX. Well done. Joe yeah. currently leads 2-0, by the way. Wow. Good Lord. Okay, Greg, back to you. 
When yeah. being armed with antique shock... Oh, sorry, we're on to lock, stock and two smoking barrels. I do okay. apologise. Yeah, yeah. Just to give yeah. you some sort of... Grounding. Context. Context. Yeah. <laughs> well, Thanks. I could make this harder by not mentioning what film it's from and seeing if you can work it out. Okay, so when being armed with antique shotguns, Soap says he would feel safer with a what? Multiple choice available. Yes, please. A snooker cue? Multiple choice. A bag of cats, a chicken drumstick, or a prawn ring? <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> the return of the prawn ring. It might be legit. Don't don't blow it. Chicken drumstick. Yes. You're on the board, Greg. And there's a bonus here. Hey. Frozen food purveyors, Iceland, who also sell the prawn <laughs> ring, also sell an Iceland chicken drumstick selection. How much would a 1.65 kilogram selection bag set you back in pounds sterling, Greg? Three pound? No. Three pound would only get you 1.5 of cheaper. I made a note of it. It's five pounds is the answer we were looking for there, Greg. Okay, Joe. Oh, I love playing supermarket sweep with Matt Brown. <laughs> uh, still on lock stock and two smoking whatnots. Uh, I don't even know if you all, you all know who I'm talking about, but why did the northerner Gary not cover his head during the shotgun heist? Multiple choice. Yes, please. We'll take the choice. Okay. His glasses would get in the way. He just had his hair done, he forgot his mask, or he wore a fake beard instead. Uh, he forgot his mask. That is incorrect. He just had his hair done. But as a bonus, how much did his haircut cost? 16 quid. 200 pounds. Wow. Okay. Now you understand why he wouldn't put the helmet on. Exactly. Yeah, sure. Meanwhile, now we move to Get Carter. Again, yes. hoping that everyone's seen this one. Okay. Oh, my God, I love Sylvester Stallone. <laughs> Shut <God>. up. <laughs> Greg. <laughs> okay, are you yeah. familiar with this one, Greg? Uh, I'm not sure if I've seen this one. You know? What? How can you pick British gangster movies wow. as a specialist subject <laughs> and not have seen Get Carter? Right. Arguably the best movie of that genre. <laughs> well, thank God they're a well, wonderful choice, I guess, yeah. is all I can say. Yeah. Okay, then, Greg. Right, when Carter chases after yep. Thorpey, he eventually catches him hiding in a toilet cubicle. In what kind of premises? Uh, multiple choice, please. Certainly, sir. A betting shop, a nightclub, a cinema, or a bingo hall? Bingo hall. I'm afraid it is a betting shop. Uh, <sighs> this bonus wait, point... Wait, 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 hold on. Isn't a bingo hall a sort of a betting shop? No. No. <laughs> Thanks for your question. <laughs> um, okay, I've got a funny. Oh, you might get this one, Greg. Just let me, let me tell you my let me tell you my my quick get Carter anecdote that I know is going to really upset James. Not only did I pay to see the Sylvester Stallone Get Carter remake in the theater, but in between buying my ticket and going into the theater, I played video games in the lobby and I lost my ticket, so I ended up buying a second <laughs> ticket to see Get Carter. Just think of the distorted alone. effect on the box office receipts of that movie that Joe Stapleton had alone. That'll be why it did so well. Uh, there's a bonus here. You might do all right, Greg. All I would say is keep okay. Joe in mind, all right? And that's a little hint okay. for you. So Carter okay. never goes to a cinema in the film, but he is watching a film with the Fletcher brothers at the start of the film. What kind of film are they watching? It's going to close down some of these tabs on my computer. <laughs> what genre um, of film might they be watching? Three men. I haven't got a clue. 
Greg, all right, here's your bonus point. What sort of films does Joe watch a lot in the privacy of his own room and sometimes in the privacy of a really busy office? Sometimes needs to close down his tabs in the middle of a podcast. Ah, pornographic film. Yes, it's hey. an adult, adult film. Is <laughs> how we eventually. Um, two film. points apiece adult. now. Okay, Joe, at the start of the film, Get Carter, Carter is discussing travelling to his hometown to sort out some personal business. What business does he have to sort out? His brother's dead. Well, I'm afraid that's going to skew these scores somewhat heavily. You're absolutely correct. <laughs> and um, that's two points. And it is, and there's a bonus here as well. Greg, Ooh. you might be the first person in a long while to not actually win. Uh, can <laughs> you tell me, uh, Joe, what is... Get Carter, as I always think of him. What is his brother's name? Arthur Carter. Carter. No. <laughs> this can be stolen by Greg. Um, I mean, to be honest, to be honest with you, to be honest with you, this this you should get. To be honest with you, <laughs> if I'm entirely John, <laughs> Frank, Carter. Frank, for God's sake, Greg, Frank, trying Frank to help Carter. you here. To be honest, <laughs> Christ, ah, I was getting honest, John. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> right. Well, I, well, I don't think he's in the film. Anyway, this what's is the uh, what's the p to be honest with you reference? I don't get it. Well, to be frank with you, to be honest, to be frank with you. It's, oh, I so see, frank. I see, got yeah. it. How are we doing I, I, didn't the get, I didn't get that either, Greg. No, going no. into the final okay. round, Joe has four points. Superfan Greg only has yeah. two. Okay, well that's all right. That's fine. Okay, I I feel good about this one because the next one is the film Snatch. Have you seen that one, Greg? Hey. Uh, I have seen Snatch. Correct, you have. That's uh, one point. Greg's yeah, an seen. expert on <laughs> Snatch. Okay, so according to the film. What do the Jippos always throw in with any deal they do? Two points. Two points <laughs> if you don't take the multiple choice. What do they, the Jippos always throw in with any deal they do? A caravan. Oh, Greg, no. Oh, that's what I would have said. Well, you could have taken the multiple choice. Uh, the actual answer, James, do you happen to know? It's a dog. It is. They always throw in a dog. A there's, dog. A bonus, there's a bonus here, though. The dog that they end up inheriting through the deal. What is the name of the squeaky dog? Oh, I know this as well. Um, you don't sound like you do. I'm going to be honest with you, Greg. Uh, I don't know. Okay. I don't know. Okay. Uh, do you happen to know, James? No, I don't. Uh, Joe? Joe? Daryl, dog. <laughs> Daryl. No, it's not Daryl. It was Daisy. It is, although there is a bonus bonus here, actually, so you've got a chance here, Greg. What three things are discovered in the dog's stomach? According to the narration <laughs> at the end of the film, Snatch, which perhaps you'll remember from the television. <laughs> One of them is the main plot <laughs> item that everyone wants. <laughs> that's really quite so valuable. There's a diamond. There's a diamond! Right, that's there's a, a diamond, that's a point. <laughs> What else did they find in the squeaky dog? What else? <laughs> a squeaky toy. They, a squeaky they, toy. Wow. Got a squeaky toy in them. Something else. Something else. Just going to shoehorn this last question in here. <laughs> just going to kick things straight into... Uh... Oh, I just... Uh... Sorry, I caught my foot on the table. What else did they find in the dog's... <laughs> <laughs> it's a shoe it's a shoe for god's sake unbelievable why did they put a foot in the dog 
Unbelievable. He could have uh, bitten someone's foot off. It's a tied game. Oh, so here's the thing. Right. If Joe does not score a single point on his final question, it goes to the tiebreaker. But okay. if Joe does score a point, it's game over right. for Greg. Okay, Joe. Yeah. What is the name of Turkish's fighter? Multiple choices available. Uh, I'll take the multiple choice. Is it Mad Fish Willie, John the Gun, Prawn Ring Pete, or Gorgeous <laughs> George? All right, Greg. Mm -hmm. Greg, I'm probably going to beat you. <laughs> okay. But if I do, and you change your avatar to a picture of me. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I will send you the prize anyway. What? Deal. Be John the Gun. No, you're wrong. <laughs> it was gorgeous George. Is this interminable game going to the tiebreaker round? Well, if if you're telling me the scores are tied... They are tied. I've got a bonus question for that, no? No, you don't have a bonus question for that. Okay. Okay, right, okay. Um, now, I don't know how we do this fairly. Joe, I'm going to get you to write your answer down, and then I want you to be able to send it to us in London so we can validate you. I'll send it over Skype. So what I'm going to ask you... Yeah, send it over Skype. Okay, right. So the question, don't say anything out loud just yet, Greg. So the question is going to be, according to Bricktop, who you might remember from Snatch, mm -hmm. how many pigs does Bricktop say it would take to eat a man in one setting? There's a really good monologue, and he tells us how many pigs yeah. it would take. Right, let's just hold tight until I get confirmation from James that we've had the entry from uh, Joe. Joe Stapleton has given me his entry. I have the number written down. Okay, Greg, can you tell me how many pigs does Bricktop say it would take to eat a man in one setting? Six. Okay. Can I ask what Joe's is? Six. Oh, you're joking. <laughs> no. Right. Okay. Well, that doesn't help me in any way whatsoever. <laughs> I can tell you that you're both wrong, so I'm going to have to... Go this is going on longer than a British gangster movie. Okay. I've got a... <laughs> Luckily, you won't believe it, I've got a second tiebreaker. It's the first time I've ever done two tiebreakers. I just had a funny feeling. <laughs> right. Okay. Same process, gents. Don't answer out loud immediately. According to Brinktop, okay. in that same monologue... How many pieces does he recommend a corpse be chopped into? Ooh. So, again, we'll hold tight until Joe comes through with his number. Joe Stapleton is typing. Okay, hold tight, hold tight, everyone. Joe Stapleton has typed. Okay, you have his answer, yeah? I do, yes. Okay, Greg, how many pieces do you think Bricktop recommends chopping a corpse into? Eight. Okay, pretty good. Joe's? Has doubled the number, 16. Right, well, I can tell you that the correct answer is six, which, thank God, means that Greg's the closer. <laughs> and if I'm not mistaken, he wins Superfan versus Somehow, Greg, you pulled that one out of the bag. Wow. wow. And that yeah. means you will ship the $27 satellite ticket and the Everyone Loves a Chop Pot hoodie. Uh, your homework, awesome. Greg. Watch Get Carter. Yes. The original, not okay. the remake. Now, just to double check, have you seen The Long Good Friday? Yes. Good. We'll rewatch uh, that one as well. <laughs> <laughs> well done, Greg. We got there. I just got a tweet from Greg, the super fan. Wow. What the actual fuck just happened, lol? Hashtag knowledge failure. <laughs> I'm going to, as you can tell, I was slightly offended. 
that a man who'd chosen British gangster movies as his specialist subject had not chosen arguably the greatest example of that genre. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, it's not like I work down a coal mine for a living, but I take these quizzes quite seriously because I think I need to make it funny for Joe, who's not going to know the answers and just likes listening to my prawn ring related multiple choice <laughs> options. Um, but also, if you are genuinely, if you said, you know, if James turned up saying, I want a, I want a really good James Bond quiz... I'm going to make sure it like challenges him. It's not going to be, what's the letter associated with the quartermaster? Q. Yeah, see, there's no fun. Yes, <laughs> two oh. points. Didn't oh. even need the multiple choice, Joe. Two points. Oh, shit. Actually, maybe we'd... James is a bad example of how happy someone's just to be Terrible. generally right on a general note. <laughs> but anyway, you know what I'm saying is I kind of go to town and that guy... <sighs> Come so on, Greg. Next week's Superfan is answering questions about trailer park boys. So maybe it should be, what is a trailer? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I have no. That is not going to be. That is not going to be a good quiz. I'm going to be really honest right now. And that's going to be a Wikipedia Q and A. If you want to make one of the questions, how do you spell Canada? Well, I do have a pretty <laughs> oh, good no. answer. No, uh, sadly, Joe, we are out of time. So why don't you tell us what's coming up next week, and then we'll sign off. Coming up next week, we're going to have another scoop of online action. Who wrote that? Did I write that? As we bring you. <laughs> The scoop on scoop, and uh, I think that maybe next week we can sort of plan out our screening of The Sting that we talked about uh, during the live stream. Yeah, it was revealed that Matt Broughton has not seen The Sting, 1973, and we felt that it's about time that we educated Matt, and we figured we'd do it as a kind of book club thing where we'd appeal to all of our listeners to also watch the movie, either for the first time or to revisit it on Blu-ray or Digital HD, and then discuss it on this podcast. Because it went so well when we did the win it all. Everyone was really on, on the side with us, weren't they? Well, as I said, if anyone... Literally anyone tweets that they didn't like the sting. I'm I'm going to force them to unsubscribe. I, I don't I'm even the know same if you can do way. that. I mean, I have I have a top five favorite movies, and the sting is in there. Uh, I, I I cannot understand how anyone could possibly not like this movie. Even as like a kid, where I didn't like watching things that looked old, I was like, wow, this movie is incredible. I'm really excited for you to see it. I'm down to like do the legwork on the screening room type thing, but like. I don't want some idiot. Sh- like the three of us know how to behave ourselves at the movies, and I don't know if I want to like open it up to people who might be like chatty or trying to no, do bits. I do think that the best course of action, and I'm not quite sure how it's going to work, is for the three of us to watch it together and let everyone else sort themselves out. <laughs> I mean, I don't like watching films with people. You know, that's my mo. James doesn't yeah. do humans. My hotel room last time I was in town was not incredibly tiny i think that we could stand to be in there as long as you know i wasn't playing online poker on the toilet right beforehand so (laughs) anyway we'll discuss more of these details also if you guys want to follow along there was a mainstream poker article out there in esquire magazine entitled how poker can save your life and i thought it might be fun for the three of us to give that a read and talk about that next week. So anyway, that is all the time we got for this week's show. We might also possibly be having uh, Jason Mercier on as a guest next week, right? We're trying for that? We are trying for that because Jason is playing in the 25K Scoop High Roller event, and I believe he is partnering with the other Jason, Somerville, on a stream on Twitch. Excellent. So all that potentially coming up next week. For now, for Matt Brown and James Hardigan, I am Joe Stapleton. Smell you later. (laughs) 